it's not like I'm some uh, anti-realtor, like, oh, I don't want to pay a commission because you look at my, I have agents call every day that they're saying, is this right what you're offering for commission? Yeah, it's it's right, but it's because we don't have to pay two sides. Um, yeah. And not only that, like the more that you give out, the better, the better agents you're going to attract and the more excited they're going to be to bring them to your product. I used to be the opposite of that. I used to be like, Oh no, you know, I don't want to yeah. spend an extra 1500 on it. Like who cares? Cause that 1500 is going to turn into, you know, 50 extra, extra closings. All right, guys, welcome again to another amazing episode. Uh, today we have Brock Holloman. He is the founder of Holloman Capital Group. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're 28 right now and have a decade of experience in real estate and construction. And, and that uh, we find that that was the first thing that stood up in your bio. We find that incredible. Uh, you know, congrats for starting at such an early age. The and crazier part, I'm rounding up a little bit, okay? I'm actually 20, so I'll be 28. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, that's even and, better. Yeah, man. next week. Even yeah, better, I'm just, just trying to put a cherry on top, okay? Yeah, well, <laughs> happy early birthday, man. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Good so, birthday, you know, you. Yeah, so, you know, a little bit more about the introduction. Uh, Brock has done uh, over $100 million in uh, successful closed real estate transactions. And like I said, he focuses on uh, real estate and, and uh, construction. So we're going to dive in. And Brock, if you could just tell us a little bit, you know, you know, t- 10 years of experience. That means you started pretty, pretty early, man. So tell us, what does it take to, you know, at that age, get get into the real estate game and specifically development? I mean, you're that that's that's pretty intense to get into. Well, it's, it's been a long road, um, and I'll say I was a little blessed. Well, not a little blessed, a lot of blessed uh, along the way. Um, my my father, my family kind of was in the construction industry growing up, so I always would go out on the job sites as a as a young one. Um, so I, it kind of felt like a familiar place, you know, to be on a construction site. Um, but then, you know, as I kind of was at the Senior year in high school, the market was kind of at the bottom of the pits. It was in the like or like 2010, 2011. Um, and yeah, my, my job then, I, first I worked at IHOP and then I started mowing some, mowing some yards for the banks, um, their foreclosure properties and thinking, man, okay, I'm making 40 bucks every time I show up over here. It'd be nice to, you know, get in on some of these vacant properties. Yeah, I mean, I'm still in high school, but at the same time, it's it's very interesting. So I was always more, um, I don't know, I liked, I was more interested in real estate and construction than really anything in school. So um, yeah, I didn't go to school that much, skipped a lot. Um, and in those times that I was skipping, I would go down to like the county courthouse auctions and, and check out the foreclosure sales. Um, didn't have... I had lawnmower, uh, lawn maintenance money, and so didn't have any money to really buy properties, but they give you 24 to 48 hours to pay for the bids um, yeah. on those properties at the time. Now you got to bring cashier's checks to most auctions, but um, yeah, so I would just have to hustle after that, go to the public records, find out who the, who the hell's buying over there and, and give them a killer deal, you know? 
and just scrape a little bit, a thousand, two thousand dollars the house. I'd even be okay sometimes with five hundred bucks, you know. Um, but it kind of just started from there. And as the market evolved, um, you know, I evolved, um, went from just selling the bids to going and doing some light rehabs, um, then started doing some more gut rehabs. And then as the prices got high enough to, you know, to make it mean anything to build and sell, um, cause construction costs back then it would cost more to construct a house than it would do, uh, to just go buy a used one. You could go buy double the house. And if you just uh, build one, so it made no sense, but as the prices came back, um, you know, building made more sense. So I wanted to get into that. My father was a builder. Um, so I put together a little deal with a hedge fund back then to buy some build to rents. This was back in 2014. And um, I mean, the prices back then, just looking, I mean, it's crazy. These were, I'm talking brand new houses. We were selling them for, they were 2,400 square feet, granite countertops, brick, all brick houses. This was in Memphis, Tennessee. For like a hundred and they were 168,000. That was the first batch. And I mean, it, it's crazy. And they were getting, you know, $1,700 a month in rent. So, um, yeah. So just as times went on, that was the first of, of many. Here we are, you know, many years later, not many, I guess, five years, six years later. And I'm in yeah. Florida. It feels like a long ass road. Because <laughs> you've okay, so. been hustling the whole time. So it, the whole time. It is, man. Yeah. So you mentioned something pretty big there. And you mentioned, you know, you reached out to a hedge fund um, or, you know, just because what we like to do here is we like to focus on mainly commercial and multifamily. Uh, but we like to tie it back into processes and systems and and how people actually something actionable for people listening. So, sure. you know, can you can you explain to us a little bit that process of you reaching out to a hedge fund or did you already know somebody? How did that work? Man, I grew up in Memphis. Tennessee, there, there's no hedge fund anymore yeah. close. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so the only, if you want to talk to a hedge fund and, and you're in Memphis and that's all your, the whole contact, your whole role. Uh, thankfully, you know, I grew up at a time, we all grew up at a time, us three, not every, all the listeners, but where the internet is available and a lot of you have two options. You can use the internet for Instagram and Facebook, just sliding through and messaging your friends or checking out, you know, the, the photos of everybody, or you can use it as a tool and track down the people that you need to be talking to, to, to get to where you want to go. And that's, that's what I decided to do. I mean, if you'll see we're I'm trying to get my social media back, uh, just going, but you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm overviewing everything and, and kind of managing, but I've got some people that help me out with it. And we're trying to ramp that up a bit. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I mean, if you're really kicking ass out there, excuse my language, sorry. I know. I'm no, no you're good. You're good, man. And then, I mean, you, you're not going to be scrolling down the, uh, the news feed on the Facebook all day, looking at your friends, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to find any money in there. You're not going to find any deals in there. Yeah. And if you do, then I guess you, you have good network already, right? You can find your deals right there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the many tools. And then you just you just got to it takes practice as far as just don't be afraid of rejection. Pick up the phone, you know, and call okay. if they don't like the deal. Guess what? There's a we're in the United States where 
there's more capital than anybody knows what to do with. There's more hedge funds. There's more smart businessmen and women. And you can pick up the phone and go right to the next one. There's always somebody else that you can call. So you just that can't is, be that is great. discouraged. Yeah. That is great. So just pick up the phone, call a hedge fund, ask for somebody, hey, you have a deal. Can I present it to someone and keep calling to someone? Says yes. That's it. Every time you'll get better, especially if you take notes, record yourself or, you know, I mean, it's never you're never too advanced to have a script to come back to. You know, you never you never too. I did it today. And you can't you can't just think that you're too, you know, high up to go back to a script because it's always good to go back to the basics. You don't see Kobe Bryant out there after the game. He's not, oh, I'm too good to shoot free throws. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, the same, it's the same thing. All the greats, they all have to have a baseline. They go back to home base, and, and you, all, you can't ever think that you're too good for it. You just got to keep going, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I can't picture it. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to picture the 17-year-old kid. You know, trying to trying to make it into into real estate. Who like who got you? And I know you you know you were mowing lawns and all that stuff. But who got the idea in your head of hey man, you you probably could do, could be doing this, or did you just uh, automatically kind of saw the uh, opportunity on those empty homes? Well, man, and I don't want to get. I don't want to get ashamed or anybody to get mad at me for saying this. Okay. But even growing up, like my favorite book growing up was the art of the deal. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, and I, it's a great book and the, you can have two views of looking at it. One is okay. It's a bunch of baloney. And the other is okay. There's some substance here and I did some substance here and I'm talking, I'm still in high school. This was my favorite book. So it kind of it kind of led me down that road, and then like I felt like okay, my father's in construction, his father's in construction. Like maybe he grew, he started in New York City, and I'm in Memphis. But why can't anybody? We're all people here. Why can't we just try to take some some path like this? And it's real estate is just like like I didn't go to college. Real estate is one of those things out there that you don't you don't need to be some you know big scholar to make it like you just got to have hustle you got to be able to pick it up um and and learn it and and just apply what you learn and what you screw up on i mean that's those were where you learn the biggest things is making a mistake and and uh just taking those mistakes and learn it from it and and applying that in the next the next deal and if you're hustling enough that next opportunity is going to present itself before you know it you know yeah yeah, no, we get that, man. Usually the deals, the best deals come after you close the recent one. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they show up and they're even better than what the one you closed on. So now I, yeah, I, sure. I'm tracking. So, you know, what do you suggest for, cause, cause you know, I, I think you already had that mindset. Like you didn't, you didn't need anyone to point you in anything. Like you were self-driven and that most people aren't like that, right? Like most people don't wake up at, at 18 or in high school and say, I want to read Rich Dad Poor Dad, or I want to read The Art of the Deal. Most, most most young adults at that age are, I don't know, going out to party and doing everything else. And I'm not saying you didn't, but, well, what, yeah. okay. <laughs> but what would you suggest? <laughs> what would you suggest, uh, you know, young adults, early 20s uh, to do and, and, and to get in the game, you know? 
Yeah, there's so many tools out there, man. That see, I can't honestly. I don't remember the last time I actually read a physical book. Although I've I've read uh, it's in the twenties this year. I'm I'm behind on my goal because I wanted to average one a week, but it doesn't look like I'm gonna hit it. Okay, now I'm, <laughs> I'm like admitting defeat I love on, guy, on the air. That's great. Okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, audio books, man. Like you can't. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you, I think that's a generational much. thing. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And well, my mom, my mother's into it too. So, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, so audio books, podcasts. I mean, I'll tell you, YouTube. I've learned so much on YouTube. It's insane. And it's yeah. it's just like another one of those things. You can choose all these. You can choose podcasts on uh, stupid stuff, or you can choose podcasts like this, where you actually can tune in and learn something that's worth a million bucks that's free you know exactly. yeah and that's absolutely. that's what youtube is too man I, I mean i call it when people say did you go where'd you go to school i say youtube university because so, <laughs> i mean seriously if you don't know anything just look it up it's there i mean there's no excuses nowadays so yeah. i think that is the number one tool to get to tell people to use that bigger pockets is great spend as much time on bigger yeah. pockets as you do on you know uh what is it TikTok? then maybe Maybe something positive will come up, right? Yeah, yeah, completely yeah. agree, man. That's great stuff. It's amazing. So when you say you, uh, your your father was in construction, uh, did he have his own company or was he just a, a construction uh, employee? A little bit of both. So it was it was the latter at first, um, and then as as time's gone, you know, just like everybody in life is, you know, step up, step up, step up. Uh, same with, same with him. So then it went from that to, okay, then build, I'm gonna build like, you know, five, six, seven houses for myself this year and blah, 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 and so on and so on. And, uh, did a great job providing everything. Ta I mean, taught everything. Uh, I wouldn't be anywhere near I am right now with that. Are you guys, are you guys lessons. partner? Yeah, we are now. We we oh, okay. split up uh, after that. We did that hedge fund deal. Then after that, I got a, actually got created a little bit of attention for how young I was and had people convinced that I was a builder, a great builder. <laughs> and, <laughs> and built a built a couple hundred of them, and then came on down to Florida um, after a little parade around the East Coast and a little bit of the West Coast. And and uh, my parents were down here, and yeah. We just we found a good area where the models still worked here. It's hard to do with how prices are going up in a spot like this, but um, we found a couple areas and we make it work. Um, we started here last year and we only did nineteen. Um, we only did nineteen new construction build and flips, um, and now this year we're closing. We're over. Um, let's see. I think we're over seventy, which is cool. And now we've, uh, as long as things go good, like I, th I think they will, then we're going to be, we'll, we're really starting to ramp up. It's awesome. Like over the last few months, we've hired a lot of people. They're doing great. And um, it, it, yeah, the, the manuals that we've put in place are, it's, that's the, th that's the key is just having a system for people to follow. But anyway, that's I'm awesome, rambling man. on now. So <laughs> no, that's great stuff, man. So let me ask you this. When was your, like your, transition moment where you started your capital group right i mean did you i mean you didn't start that from the beginning you, you said you had your your hedge fund deal and then after that how did that how did that happen well the hedge fund thing it was more like uh 
I got a rude way to say, but I'm going to, okay. It was like, um, like I'm just bouncing around. Okay. Whoever I get the best deal with on my hedge funds, I've, I've built good relationships with the, the managers or the acquisition managers of these funds. Um, sometimes the owners, and these are, these are large companies publicly traded, um, a few of them, and I'll just want to be their go-to guy, but they know, like, I don't know if y'all got a chance to check out my actual product on my website, but I did, uh, it's it's really a top-notch product when you're talking about rental property or really, I mean, a lot of new construction, you know, starter family homes. I mean, it's really better than any retail product in the market around here. Um, but it's it's really nice stuff. And when they underwrite their deals that, okay, we're going to get $15.75 a month in rent for this property um, because our other old one down the street is getting $15.25 for the same size. And then I overexceed because my stuff looks so good that they're getting 1700. They're like, wow, because this does big numbers to their bottom line. You know, I mean, especially with their, if they compare their markets and like who they're buying from builder wise and all that. Um, so they really love working with, um, they really love working with us. And so, but when when this coronavirus stuff happened, they kind of just pumped the brakes, and they they're still a little bit yeah. cautious on it. Um, but hell, I I would be too if I had fifty thousand houses. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes so, sense. It makes total sense, man. But totally. it does seem like they're back. They're coming back up a little bit. It's starting to start a little bit back up with the funds, which is good. Now, for for our audience, you know, can you describe your product? So they, yeah. they can go and be like, okay, cool. This is what they're talking about. Yes, for sure. So build to rent is the, what we do. Um, we build brand new construction, residential. Um, for the majority, our bread and butter is going to be a single family home. Um, and we do the same exact floor plan. But when I say that, like, don't think cookie cutter because it looks far from it when you actually see it in photos or take a virtual tour. Um, but we do the same floor plan for simplicity. And because we know that it works and it's very desirable. Uh, if we get some kind of a market trend change, then yeah, we'll train, we'll change stuff up. But we look at surveys, we're very active as far as what the communities want. So it's we keep it four bedrooms, two baths, because we, we stay in suburbs, which are, you know, they're primarily family communities. Um, four bed, two baths. So we make sure that we maximize the rent because when you're building a new home, um, it's cheap to add a fourth bedroom it's expensive to add another bathroom because you got, when you do a bathroom, even though it's smaller, you're adding plumbing, cabinets, tops, and everything y'all know. Um, but when you add a bedroom, not that much more money. So it's very smart um, to add a fourth bedroom in your plan. We keep it very open layout. We don't want to cram it down with eight foot ceilings. We have raised ceilings. We do things like uh, all of our countertops are quartz countertops, white quartz, um, beautiful. All of our kitchens are, we have gray islands and it's two-tone. I mean, it, it looks like really nice. And then white shaker cabinets, everything's hardwood. We call it tenant proof, um, even though it's nothing's tenant proof, but um, I think you hear other people calling it tenant resilient. Um, I'm going to just say proof because it sounds better. <laughs> but we have all tile flooring, um, concrete block house. Uh, we don't, not want to make an extra $75 a month cash flow and build a wood frame house when your main 
money maker on buying these kind of investments is going to be in the appreciation, especially when you have people flocking here from California, um, New York. I mean, by the busloads with all that, all that California money. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all that New York money. We grow, we grow in trees. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you do. I think you have money and trees then, out and there. Then the, and then the wildfires is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, oh, you terrible man. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, y- y'all br- keep bringing the money down here. I mean, we don't tax you on it, so that's good. You can bring it, you can keep it, and you can spend it in our economy because we have a great one. Okay. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Everything's cheap down here compared to out there. I remember I was oh, living yeah. in New York City, and and I used to be a smoker. Okay. Yeah. Shame on me. And yeah. cigarettes over there were like $17, $18 a pack. And, and I moved there from Memphis and they were like $5. <laughs> anyway, I quit uh, when I moved to New York, which was a good thing. That was one good thing that came out of moving to New York. I quit smoking. So. <laughs> you quit because it's too much fun. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. So you mentioned, you know, you're more into residential than the co- than commercial. But um. So can you walk us through maybe one of your latest deals um, as far as the, you know, picking out the lot, uh, construction, development, you know, any, what, what challenges, um, you know, what tips can you give us from there? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've kind of transitioned over the last, the last, uh, I say few months, but really a lot over the last 30 days. Um, so everything that we've got is documented, like all of our systems. And it's really cool because like 95% of this stuff can be replicated, which is what we're about to do. Cause we have um, two other areas that we're about to start doing the same thing in, um, which is exciting. And like I said, 95% of the stuff is replicated with, I don't have any laying around here, but uh, I've got a ton of binders and everything's all on Google drive in case we lose one. Um, or one of my houses catch on fire. So uh, we have it all on Google Drive. It's very easy for anybody to to get out of it this day or not be able to show up for work today. And you can just pop right in and, and start following along. Not that easy, but you know, very simple. Yeah. Um, so that we've got somebody that works in the office that handles all the ordering, scheduling and all that and all the software scheduling, um, which is named, then we have somebody else that helps with the property management in-house rentals, um, works hand in hand with me. Everybody works hand in hand with me. Um, so the, the rental side, we as soon as we get to block stage, they hit the market on the, the rentals so we can have them pre-leased, which over 70% of our builds, are they are pre-leased. When we get our certificate of occupancy, um, we're moving somebody in within the next day or two. So that's always cool. Um, and then we have somebody out in the, in the field, construction, construction manager, project manager, and now he's got a, a, his own assistant, which the way that we kind of shaped that role is the project manager, um, treats his project manager assistant sort of not only as an assistant, but more of a, like a trainee. So they're, they're learning everything and they can actually move up, um, you know, kind of like a pyramid scheme, you know? Yeah. So I'm just getting out of here in this game. Well, that's I, what every job is. So. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, that's the bad part. Um, but yeah, so that's that's all good. And now over the last couple of weeks, you had, you mentioned lot buying. How do we find the lots? So I have actually like a, 
a total binder just on lots. So it's very difficult down here in Florida. And you have to be very careful on wetlands, flood zones, um, public Sinkholes. utilities. Do what? Sinkholes. Sinkholes. Well, yeah, thankfully you don't see many of those. Okay. Oh, okay. In that area. Okay. No, I'm just thinking yeah. Tampa. I remember Tampa back in the day. It was like sinkholes in the news everywhere. This happened. I know there was like one year where there was like a, a bunch of them. And I, was like, yeah, I think yeah. it was when I just started come to move down here. I thought, like, where the hell am I going? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't fall through one of these things. But yet, no, I, I personally have not seen one, which is cool. I don't care to see one. Yeah. Um, but no, there's, it's strange. Like I know a guy that got fined $40,000 for um, building because there were a special kind of turtle and a bird on, on the lot. And we're talking like a small, well, I guess kind of small, like less than a quarter acre lot. We're not talking like some development and they're getting fined like this kind of, it's, it's uh, so you have to be very knowledgeable and particular on what you're actually going to buy. And so that's all in the binder to kind of let the acquisition guy that we just hired, uh, let him kind of know what exactly to call on. And besides that, I've got my, we have a, I have my real estate license. So I just download lists of all the vacant lots that I want and my subdivision code that I'm needing. Um, and we just cold call, man. We cold call. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. So do you recommend having your your license you think that's valuable yeah and i and it's not like i'm some uh anti-realtor like oh i don't want to pay a commission because you look at my i have agents call every day that they're saying is this right what you're offering for commission yeah it's it's right but it's because we don't have to pay two sides um and not only that like the more that you give out the better the better agents you're going to attract and the more excited they're going to be to bring them to your product. I used to be the opposite of that. I used to be like, Oh no, you know, I don't want to yeah. spend an extra 1500 on it. Like who cares? Cause that 1500 is going to turn into, you know, 50 extra, extra closings. And so you, you, when you go to list or anything or do a transaction with a broker, you don't take a commission. You just give whatever the full percentage of the listing to one, agent right and i mean that right. helps build that relationship that you're saying right yeah for sure i mean and they find a nice deal that comes on their desk who they're going to think about the guy that's been putting more money in their pocket you know yeah so. yeah that's yeah. a great strategy man that's great yeah because you know you hear a lot of people say you know hey you don't I, you of course you don't need a license but you know until now i really hadn't heard anyone say that specifically as far as a strategy with a license, but I've heard a lot of people say, don't, don't have a license. Like it's a waste of time, but I think you just show right there. Like, Hey, you, you can find a way to make it worthwhile if you do have a license. And we're active as hell, man. Like I see lots come up on the market. If they're out on the market, um, like when we started this podcast, I might've already had an offer on it. And like, <laughs> I'm sitting here on the thing and you're recording me and you're thinking, where the hell, when did he write that offer? But that's that's how active we are. And when they come up and you've got competitors in the area that, oh, they can't afford to pay more than twenty eight thousand for a lot. Right. I can afford to pay twenty nine because they're giving or thirty because they're giving me two thousand dollar commission. And yeah. not only that, on the back end, maybe I give out a lot more than what any of these other agents are going to get off of another listing. 
but uh, at the same time, I'm not giving out the same that I would if I was going to go hire an agent. I'm going to still save 1% there. And it sounds 1% big deal. But at the same time, that adds up over 70 transactions. And, and now yeah. next year, we've got to do 300. We have to do 300. So you have me on in a year. And, and if I don't do 300, just, you know, stone me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Call you back. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, you didn't hit your mark. <laughs> yeah, I got a better hit. You're right. But, but we, hope you, we hope you do, man. We hope you do. No, no, yeah. And even Thank then, I mean, 300, if you fail, you're going to hit like 250. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? Like, oh, I'm so sad that you hit 250. Yeah, no, I better not hit 250. I better hit 350. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. But yeah, no, man, that's that's great info. Jeremy, what do you have? For almost- so I got a question, man. We we in the uh, multifamily sector, we're talking about COVID, COVID during and what's coming up. You know the uh, opportunities that we see coming up uh, after. <coughs> sorry, after everything everything becomes back to let's say normal. Um, mm-hmm. In your in 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 your sector, you know construction in 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 buying lots in. Uh, uh, single families um, in uh, Turkey, right? What What do you guys see? What opportunities do you guys see after COVID? Oh boy! Or during I, COVID? Yeah, COVID. I've, yeah, I guess we are. Well, let's uh, say, let's say, let's say in the next few months, you know, what, what do you see opening up? What What's the 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 scuttlebutt? Uh, I, got- I think this. Okay, I think I think for the next. I think a lot is, and I'm, hopefully I'm wrong on this. I think a lot is relying on this this election as far as our space. Um, and if you're a real estate investor, and I don't like I said this the second time out, don't mean to get political. Okay, if you're a real estate yeah, investor no, you. and you're voting for Sleepy Joe Biden, then you must not understand what he said because. They they want to strip all these poli- all these tax policies away. They want to make up. We know that Trump paid seven hundred fifty dollars in tax. I'd, I'd I'd be ashamed that he paid that much, honestly, with the tax advantages that you can get. Right? <laughs> he and, overpaid. <laughs> yeah, he overpaid. As far as I'm concerned, because I know yeah. what you can depreciate those big ass buildings for. And there, you know, it's it's uh we can't get that away, and it's going to backfire extremely extremely bad in, in their face if they try to do this because us as real estate investors, what do they think we're going to do? We're just going to give over our property to the state? Hell no, we're raising our rents. We got to make up for what we did. And it's yeah. not because we don't like the people or we don't we want to make affordable housing a bigger issue. It's because we do this to make a living and provide for our families, not to to give free housing out and uh, and get taxed to the to the moon on it. Um, so so yeah I do. I think that this has a that has a particularly uh, higher importance on what I think the, for the next few months. Um, but back over the last six months, I mean, yeah, when it when all this stuff happened, I mean, we we were on track to we were going to do 200 this year. It kind of stopped us dead in our tracks. I, I did have some. We've been working a lot out of pocket, um, but I had some financing lined up. And just signed a nice line of credit, and they withdrew it the day before we were about to draw on it. And once oh, we drew on man. it, it was it was over. Yeah, yeah. The bad thing is, I had uh, everything, all the cash out of pocket, I'm sitting out on different lots because I was counting on this cash to come in and help fund construction. So you had to be really creative because I'd be damned if I'm going to have anybody show up on the job and 
and uh, not get paid if I could do anything to fight and, and help make that happen. So we had to do a lot of uh, chess moves to make to make it all work out and just kind of bridge a couple months together um, until lending kind of opened back up. Investors quit uh, with the everybody getting nervous and all that. And then you started realizing, okay, people uh, in America are actually going to spend this money on their rent. Um, that's that was great um, because down here the numbers were awesome. You know, um, I know a lot of places the numbers were great. People were paying their rents, but I did see some bad numbers out there too. I don't know how y'all's experience was. Was it bad? Well, I mean, we were we got hit a little bit, but we got lucky that most of our guys were Section Eight. Uh, Oh, okay, yeah, that's good. So we we were we were solid. Uh, Our issue has been with with financing, finding financing, like you said, money dried up. I mean, you know, we call, we call, we try to find and Yeah. I mean, it's pretty hard right now. So, yeah. and then, like I told you, the deals are, you know, just compressed cap rates, especially in Florida and Tampa. I mean, so we don't know, we, we, we rely on our mentors experience as far as, you know, they, they've had 15, 20 years of, of seeing market cycles and, you know, they think we're at a peak. Do you think we're at a peak? Hmm. They, they think the next few months, quarter one, we're going to see a downslope. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised in a sense like we just talked about. Okay. Only because if you, if you start throwing those real estate laws in there, there's become so many real estate investors over the last few years since we went to a bottom last time. Um, the thing that, that nobody really talks about here is the fact that you have rates at around let's just say 3%, okay? And 2007, those rates were, what, around 7%. Um, so people were, yeah, they were making bad loans back then, but at the same time, they were making some of their payments, all right? So, I mean, that's technically, if we're at the same prices as 2007, as far as residential real estate, and interest rates are half off, then everybody's payments kind of half off. Um, I think there's room to run just looking at it based on that that alone and the fact that you see that three percent and back at seven percent, you dropped. If, if you did if you dropped seventy bits, you dropped. Uh, what, what's wrong with me? That's one. <laughs> you dropped ten percent, right? So uh, you drop 10%. Now you drop 30 bits, you drop 10%, right? And when you go drop 10%, then your mortgage payment drops 10%. And the psychology on uh, human beings is not how much am I paying for the contract price, it's how much is my monthly payment. And when that can still get compressed and now it's like at a rate of, like I just said, 30 bits now, if you drop 70 bits now, what is that? That's 25%, 25%, right? So, or so it's, it's, you know, I'm saying it can really snowball and, and become a, a rapid inflation just as quick as it could take a dip, in my opinion, yes. because I see the material prices and the labor prices in the construction industry. I like if you see, I was selling the same exact house for $195 a year ago. I'm making less today selling it for $225. Is that not crazy? That is crazy. And my land cost has only gone up around six thousand dollars. So, 
So is there materials? My materials are skyrocketing. Look at the lumber charts. I mean, look, there's been a shortage of materials. There's been a shortage of workforce because they shut all the plants down. And I mean, now you're seeing it happen. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't ever look at the prices in the grocery store, but on the way home today, I had to pick up some <laughs> toilet paper. And I I don't know. I thought it was high as hell. Okay? I thought it was, <laughs> it was like yeah. eight dollar eight eight and a half dollars for a four pack and yeah. i don't yeah. know is that high I, maybe i think it is i think it is. in california everything's probably like 30 i don't know i usually buy it by you know bulk at costco so i don't know <laughs> that's where i should have gone but it was walgreens so that's probably why i got ripped off but, you know. oh yeah walgreens is expensive man yeah I'm just trying to get in and get out man no, I hear you, man. Well, man, Brock, dude, this was, uh, you know, you gave us so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Let let me, um, unless my brother has another question. Um, do you, German? No, 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 man. I want to I wanna give you the opportunity to, you know, tell our audience where they can find you um, and what, what you can offer them. Yeah, for sure. So we um, find us on the social media sites, Instagram, um, which other ones are I told you I wasn't good with the Instagram or the social Facebook. Yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Holloman Capital Group. That's H-O-L-L-I-M-A-N Capital Group. Um, and then you can find us online. Uh, our website is HollomanCapitalGroup.com. And check it out. Seriously, check our website out. I'd, it was me that built it, if you could believe it. Okay. And yeah, yeah, it was on Squarespace. Yeah, whatever. But still, it was pretty, it looks pretty damn good. It, pretty, it looks pretty good, man. I, I was Thank checking you. it out and, you know, I was, I was clicking through all the different uh, layouts that you have there. And I was like, man, this is pretty nice. Look at it. You had some yeah. new condos. I looked at the Yeah, we, we have some townhouses. Yeah, we don't have time, man. We, we need to do this again sometime. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do have some townhouses that's, that are fun with their, um, that are going to be done here pretty soon. Um, debating on keeping those, probably leaning towards keeping them and just refining oh. them. I just got to make sure I find the right the right financing because we have another fourteen right behind it. So that's that's fun. Nice, cool force. And uh, yeah, so HollowmanCapitalGroup.com. Go on there and and you can sign up as an investor and look at all of our uh, cash flow sheets. You can even. Look at our floor plans and and all that stuff. See our available inventory if um, if anybody's interested. I know y'all are big on the multi, but if anybody wants to take a step back, okay, with the singles, <laughs> then we're here in Florida with the Bill Barrettes. Nice, awesome. Well, uh, you know, thank you for coming on, man, and for for our listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and give it a five star review and and show us some love. We appreciate it. Let's yeah, five, five, five. Everybody should have everybody should have enjoyed it because this is one of the most fun episodes that we had. You're, you're oh, awesome. man, I had a good time with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Awesome, man. So I'm gonna stop recording here. All right. Sweet.